What's going on, everybody? Happy Sunday. Welcome to Sunday service. My name is Cody Barton. Uh, for those that may be tuning in for the first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, myself and my business partner, Pace Morby, have been doing Sunday service for, man, like we're going to be coming up on uh, almost four years going into this new year. So it's kind of kind of crazy uh, how long we've been uh cruising away here. So uh, excited to be with all of you tonight. Uh, those listening in on replay, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever you're uh, listening in. And somebody says, happy Sunday. This is my first time. Welcome. Happy to have you here. So we are going to dive in tonight talking about how to prepare yourself for 2023 as we enter this, you know, inevitable uh, recession that we are, you know, encountering in this market. And, uh, you know, it's just some of the things to do. You know, I, I, I'm definitely going to answer some questions in regards to, you know, specifically, you know, strategy wise and in, in the real estate market. But I do want to talk just in general you know, around personal finance, you know, some of the things that uh, that we're doing, you know, with our companies, as we're working our way, you know, into this changing market, um, because there is a lot of opportunity to be had, you know, going into a recession. And, you know, really, the first thing I want to say is like, there's, you know, you don't have to be fearful, you don't have to be scared going into this, this different season. You know, uh, the the economy has cycles, as does the, the changing seasons in, in, in our world that we live in. You know, in, in, in the world we live in, we have spring, then we have summer, then we have fall, then we have winter, you know, and, and the same goes for, you know, the economy. And so it's like we have progression. What follows progression? Regression, right? What follows expansion is contraction. You know, this is just a normal way that, you know, like our seasons, the way that the business world works as well. And so really it's, it's not something to be feared, but more so looking at, okay, I know that there's going to be changes coming and how do I set myself up so that I could be as prosperous as possible so that not only that you can take care of yourself and your family, but that you can help support and pour into others around you, whether, you know, if you have a business, the employees that you have, or whether it's just you running and gunning with your business that so for you to be successful on your own. So, um, and, and just for, uh, you know, for everybody, I, myself and Pace were located in Arizona. And I hear that, uh, I guess, you know, people, uh, have this thing called like daylight savings. And so all of you crazy States that are not Arizona change your time zones based on that. We don't change our time. So Sunday service is always at 7 PM Arizona time. That's why when people are like, well, isn't it mountain time or isn't it Pacific time? Nah, we say Arizona time because regardless of what all you crazies and you know, these, these other States are doing with your time zones, we stay the same time year round. So, uh, just, you know, wanting to, uh, to, to share that, um, hope everyone's having a good Sunday so far. And so we're, we're going to dive right in and we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, I, I really want to focus on, on personal, personal finances, you know, as, as we're preparing going into this new season, Sean Spear says, tis the season for buying. Understand 
understand everybody we as we move into this market as we move into this this market where it's you know moving to more of a buyer's market this is what everybody was wishing for the last two three four five years was th th listen guys this is this is the most funny thing and so if this is you i'm talking to you over these last few years people have been telling me Cody, you know, I'm really going to get my real estate business going when the market isn't as competitive. I'm really going to get my real estate business going when there aren't all these hedge funds buying in the market and there's not as many people that are doing all of these deals and, you know, that you can't find a good deal to save your life. You know, it's impossible to find good deals. I'm going to wait until prices start to change. I'm going to wait until it becomes a buyer's market. That is what people have been telling me for the last you know, seven years essentially that I've been in real estate is I'm going to do this when that happens. And I'm here to tell you that we are moving into that time. We are moving into more of a buyer's market, regardless of where you are in the United States. Obviously there's, there's more, there's areas that are becoming more buyer's markets than others. And it also depends on price point. Obviously real estate is location, location, location. So based on the location you're in, it still might be a little bit more um, hot with properties moving faster, um, but a lot of areas are starting to see more of a slowdown. And so as we're talking about this, um, and, and uh, you know, as we're talking about this, we have to, you know, I, I just have to address that. You know, Alex says, but Cody, the interest rates, right? So, so that's everybody's thing now is like, well, Cody, I'm going to buy deals once the market shifts to a buyer's market. Here we are shifting to a buyer's market, and I and I'm I'm thinking that uh, Alex is you know out of just you know some some humor here, you know it's just another excuse for people not to take action. Is people say now, well, Cody, you know what? Uh, the market, you're right. The market isn't as crazy, but have you seen interest rates? Have you seen what's happening happening now with interest rates? My gosh, they're seven eight percent. How are you supposed to be an investor in this type of a market? I'm just going to have to sit on the sidelines. So not only are the, are people they sat on the sidelines when we had some of the best you know market to do you know real estate deals for the last years, but now as we transition to one of the best times to buy, which is the time in the market where there are motivated sellers that there's not enough buyers to buy their properties. Now the excuse is interest rates. So let me just tell you this there will always be an excuse. There will always be something. Something is always going to be going on. There's going to be some war going on in the world, or there's going to be some, you know, the stock market's going down or the interest rates are going up or, you know, some, you know, COVID 2.0, like there's always some other thing that's going to be happening in the world that we live in. And so it, what people really need to know is we have to look at um, we have to look at how do we become successful regardless of the market? How are we going to you know thrive regardless of the market? And and that's that's the you know Sean Sean oh my gosh here it is you know action is the key word. Thank you Cody Sean. That's the thing like there's deals to be had in any market. And, you know, whether you're, you're looking to purchase deals, um, you know, cash and turn, you know, fix and flip them, um, you can still do those deals. You just have to buy them cheaper. 
to make those deals work. And then, you know, a, a lot of you that, you know, listen into this podcast on a weekly basis, you know, we really, uh, our, our strength is really in creative finance real estate. And this is probably, arguably, the best market to go and get creative finance deals that has been around in a very, very long time. Because there, there's a, uh, an excess inventory of homes coming in the market. Sellers are now realizing they don't have you know, uh, every buyer under their thumb where they can get the best terms that they want just because they have a house for sale because that's the world we were living in. The world we are now living in is homes aren't selling as quickly. Sellers that are truly motivated have to not just look at the best option, you know, for them that they can get in the first day on the market, but the best overall option that's going to solve their problem to get out of the property that they're in. And that's where creative finance is going to be able to dominate. So, you know, there, there's obviously a big opportunity for that. Um, you know, my, my, my conversation with you guys right now isn't really going to be based around, Hey, go, let's go get a bunch of creative finance deals. There's tons of videos on Pace's YouTube channel. There's some videos on my YouTube channel where we talk about creative finance, real estate, but really more so I want to talk about with you, how do we make sure that we put ourselves in, in a financial position personally to win going into a market like this, because there's going to be people that don't do well, but then there's going to be a lot of other people that do extremely well, prosper, thrive, make a bunch of money and have the confidence to do so. Oh, Rudy says you're an hour early, Arizona, the only sane folks not switching the clocks. Thank you, Rudy. I agree. Saint, you know, I'm on the same page with that and, and says sick fade. Thank you. My barber, He's, he's, the, he's the best. Um, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about what, what are some of the things, like some of the basics, like we're going to get to like some of the fundamentals of what do we need to have in place for ourselves personally. And then I'll touch on business too, on just what, what we should be looking at personally and then business. So let's just dive right in. One of the first things that I would tell anybody that they should have set up for themselves uh sorry reading reading a comment here david thank you appreciate you one of the first things that you should do personally if you do not already have this is get yourself like this is for people that don't really have you know your finances all together we're going to start basics and then kind of add build on to this based around like what pace and i do with ourselves personally and then with our business if you have no money in savings your first goal especially as you're, you know, preparing to go into a recession is establish like a baseline emergency fund. So that, you know, is going to vary based on who you are. But if you got nothing right now, the first step for you is, okay, I have no savings. How do I get myself to no savings to let's just say like $500 or a thousand dollars. And, and why do I say this? Well, what I've found is most of obviously not all, but most of the emergencies that come up in your life and my life, they typically cost in that range where it's like kind of that rainy day fund of like, you got that $500, that thousand dollars that's going to go towards that thing. You know, it, it's the, Oh, all of your tires need to be replaced on your car. You're out a few hundred dollars, that emergency fund. Oh, the check engine light comes on in your car. You don't have a warranty on it anymore. Oh, $500 repair, $750 repair. 
oh, there's, uh, let's say, you know, you have to, you know, have a procedure done, you know, at, at, uh, at the doctor and, you know, you got to pay out of pocket a thousand dollars for the procedure. Oh, there's your thousand dollar emergency fund gone. So the reason I, I, I say getting it, your base emergency fund there is so that you can cover at least the oh shit items that happen in life, like the the car things, like the the smaller health events that might happen, like all of these different things. Or like say you have, you know you own your home and you have a plumbing problem that happens, it's like seven hundred dollars. You know, it seems like anytime I call my plumber to do anything at my house, it's like that's six hundred dollars, that's seven hundred dollars, that's five hundred dollars, right? So it's like just getting the 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 basics. Uh, let, let me see. So, so Rory is saying Dave Ramsey with the sad face. I am not talking about, uh, you know, following Dave Ramsey's concepts. I do believe that some of the things that he, that he shares is accurate. Sheree, you know, Sherry or Sheree says Dave Ramsey is right on that one. Like you got to have your, your, your base covered, you know, and that's just like, that's like the first stepping stone. Like my opinion is, is as an adult, if you do not have your base emergency fund set, you shouldn't be participating in anything that isn't establishing that fund. So if you got to like sell some stuff, you got to like re, you know, you got to stop going out to eat, like establish your base fund. So once you get your base emergency fund in place, then it's like, all right, what's the next thing? The next thing, in my opinion, for personal is getting yourself to where you have three months to five months of your in of your uh expenses your personal living expenses set aside yep mary's saying but that's three to six months living expenses so three to six you know three to five months three to six months of your living expenses is like that next step so you've got your bases covered for any just basic emergencies that might happen in your life, that five hundred to a thousand dollars, like that next step is okay. How do I get to three to five to six months of my personal living expenses set aside for myself? And the reason we do this, especially for those of you that you're you're working to transition to be a full time business owner, or especially for you that are full time business owners, you want to have this so that if you have a couple dry months, you're not running out of money because the worst place to operate a business is operating from fear. When you have no money, it's when fear is at its highest levels. And when you don't have money, you end up getting in credit card debt and you're paying 17, 20, 25, 28% interest rates on this money from credit cards. So it's, it's, you know, in my opinion, it's get the base emergency fund in place, get yourself to three to six months. Uh, that's like kind of like the baseline for me personally, um, for me personally, I like to have 12 months of reserves for my personal, like not, that's not our businesses, but like for myself personally, I like to know that I could live a year off of, you know, with, with no money coming in, say all my passive investments went away, all of my active income went away that I have a year set aside that I'm not going to be stressing out going through that situation so that I make sure that everything's covered. So again, for, for me, I like having 12 months, maybe for some of you that might sound like overkill, but getting to three to six months is a good target up to 12 months. If you're like me and you're super conservative and you just don't like to have to worry about money at all. Um, 
So that, you know, first, first step, emergency fund. Second step, personal expenses, getting, finding how you get that to three to six months, uh, you know, as quickly as you can and finding ways to put capital aside so that you can save towards this. So once you, once you've been able to do that, then, you know, when, when we look at our business, yeah, I, I like this. So Benjamin says, I'm the same way, Cody. I have two kids have to have a borderline overkill safety net. Look, I, you know, I don't have kids yet, but you know, for, for me, and there might be other people listening to this that can relate in 2008, nine, 10, I was in high school at this time. So I was very young, but I watched my parents basically lose everything in that period of time. And it happened fast. And so for me, I look at that and I'm like, you know, I don't ever want to experience that. I don't ever want to have to go through an event like that for myself. So having extra cushion for me was the, is the way that it provides that, that, uh, you know, comfort in the back of my head that regardless of everything hit the fan, it's like you have that money set aside. Right. So, so that's what that is for me. Ooh. So I, this is where I'm going to, to touch on more personal finance things, but I do want to take this question from Eddie. So Eddie's asking, what do you do for your business's emergency fund? So what Pace and I do for our businesses is whatever our operating expenses are. Here, here's how here's how you work this out, right? Because you have to have some money to operate your your company with. Um, so so what we do is we have we for our first target with any business is how do we establish two months of operating capital in our operating account. So if we're if say if our, our business costs us twenty thousand dollars a month, how do we have a baseline of forty thousand dollars in that company's operating account? So that worst case, no money came in the first month, and then it's a little bit light the second month. We still have a little bit of buffer to keep the business going. And so that's like the bare minimum. Like any business that we have, our first thing is how do we get two months of operating capital in our operating expense account? So we have a little bit of cushion. The second stage of this is we look at how do we how do we take ourselves from you know now those 2 months of operating expenses and take that to a longer period so here's what we're doing in our business so we we any you know all of our businesses you know already had you know that that 2 that 2 months you know minimum but now what we're focusing on is getting ourselves to 5 to 6 months depending on the business cuz we have a few different companies so different of them have different risk rates or different, you know, uh, things that, you know, threats in the marketplace that could, you know, hurt the operating income for those companies. So for us, depending on the business, you know, we're working towards getting four to six months. Some of them already have that in, in reserves. Now we've already been building this up because we saw this coming earlier this year. So, you know, most of our companies now have anywhere from four to six months, or if they're at four months, we're working towards six months of operating capital for the business. And so that that's what we're doing 
when we're looking at the, the business side. And there's a couple reasons for this. So if we have in our operating account, two months of operating expenses, and then we have, we call it our reserve vault. Um, so we, you know, it's literally a separate bank account that we set up at, uh, you know, at our bank. And so, uh, okay. Sorry, I had to delete um, a spammer in here. So we we set up in that first operating account, we have those two months of expenses, and then we work on building up to those six months of, uh, of reserves and the separate reserve vault account. And so what this does is when you have your, uh, you have your personal finances in place, you know, you have that emergency fund, you have those months of um, living expenses set aside, and then you set yourself up for your business, having a couple months of your business expenses set up, and then you work on growing those reserves. What this does for you is when you get those expenses uh, really covered for months, you're able to think extremely clear and make, ver and make sound business decisions because you're not operating from a place of scarcity. And so, you know, there might be some people that are like, well, that's easy for you to say to build up, you know, those amount of funds like that's, you know, probably easy for you guys to do. Well, you know, depending on the business, yes, some of them not as much. Right. But it all comes down to the discipline of, hey, this is something that we're we're really focused on doing intentionally so we can protect our business and then protect our future of everybody that's involved in the business. So that you know those are like those are like baselines so getting those personal reserves set up and then working towards getting those reserves set up for your business and again like it's it may not happen overnight like you're not going to just snap your fingers and next month have 6 months of business reserves and have you know 6 months of personal reserves but what you have to do is be looking at on a monthly basis of the income that you have coming in how can you start allocating some of those funds to go towards these things? And for some of you, it might be the hard conversation of reducing some of the personal expenses that you have in your life, like one of those hundred, you know, online subscriptions of Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, like all of these subscriptions. Maybe it's reducing some of these these personal expenses to be saving a few hundred dollars a month, and for you to be able to, um, for you to be able to move those funds. Gosh, dang, we have another spammer in here. Freaking all these, you know, just so everybody knows. Uh, Pace and I don't do anything with cryptocurrency. So if you ever get a random message from somebody asking you to invest in some crypto fund, there's a lot of people trying to sell that, you know, to people and impersonating Pace and myself on social media. So just an FYI, we don't do anything with that. So, you know, just putting that out there. David says, uh, you know, don't, not going out every weekend, starting to save. Bryson, I'm guilty of reloading my Starbucks card. Uh, and then Melinda says, so you're treating it like a war chest. So that that's exactly what, you know, that's the target is we're building a war chest so that we have that, that capital available for us to be able to invest in the business if we need. Or if we have slower months of cash flow coming in, we can adjust what we need to do with our business. And then the other part of this is... Also having excess cash. So say, for example, like this is something that, you know, me and Pace have strategized around. If one of our companies has like six months or seven months of operating capital, 
And if we see an opportunity, maybe it's a, a real estate deal for us to, you know, buy and hold or you know, whatever that opportunity might be. And we can, you know, allocate or take two months of our operating capital reserves and put that into a deal to make a really good return on it. We have that capital available. So that capital can be there for, you know, you have a really awesome opportunity that comes up. And, and notice, I didn't say we're going to deplete all of our reserves to you know take advantage of a really great opportunity, but it's we have this excess cash that if we do get a really great opportunity, we have some cash liquid to be able to play with, or at least we have that cash that is there as security you know, for us to be able to move on a deal. So let's see, let's see. Uh, couple questions popping up here questions like personal or business finance related that's that's what i want to talk about somebody says this sounds like gator lending <laughs> sherry says hulu allows me to see triple digit flip for those of you that have not seen paces tv show triple digit flip you can check him out on uh, on Hulu, I guess. <laughs> so I'm going to take this, this question because I think this is, you know, this is among getting prepared for going into 23, 2023. Like that's what we're talking about. Like personal finance, business finance, and what are we doing as we prepare to go into this? You know, we're going into this recession, right? Which again, Recessions don't have to be scary. Recessions are scary for people that don't take action. And recessions are scary for people that are not preparing themselves. And so if you're actively preparing yourself, you're actively setting yourself up um, to take action on a consistent basis. You're not over leveraging yourself like a crazy knucklehead. You can be set up to win going into recession. Joel, I'm going to take this question though. So what do you do to manage your time between health, fitness, other businesses, say multifamily, wholesale, spirituality, et cetera? How does planning go for y'all? So here's, here's my advice on like having everything fit in. Schedule it. So for me, Pace does the same thing. I, I schedule out most of my week and my personal stuff first. So tomorrow morning or tonight, I'm going to do my planning for the week. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to schedule all the times that I'm going to go to the gym this week. I'm going to schedule when I'm going to see uh, my massage therapist to make sure that I'm keeping like my body healthy, my chiropractor. And then I'm also going to be scheduling what I, when I'm going to lock in my lunch so that I'm eating lunch every day instead of just working through lunch, which I've done in the past. So I make sure that I have my gym or my yoga or my running scheduled in the morning time. And then I have my morning planned of the work that I'm going to accomplish. Then I have my scheduled lunch when I'm going to make sure I eat a healthy or reasonably healthy lunch. And then my plan for the rest of the day. So I, for, for me, and, and Pace does the same thing. We schedule out all of our personal stuff. Like we schedule our, you know, vacations, our personal stuff, and then we schedule the business stuff to work around our life. The reason we build a business isn't to have the business run our life. We build a life for our business to be able to work around like that. That's what we do. So, you know, it's, it's about, you know, prioritizing your time with the things that matter most. So 
scheduling out all of the personal time. If you have kids scheduling in the time to hang out with your kids. Um, my girlfriend and I, we have a date night every Friday night. So it's Friday night's date night. Um, you know, during the week I have my days that I, that I have ske scheduled for working out, like all of that gets scheduled and then all of the work gets scheduled in around my life. So it's not about like work-life balance. It's more about schedule your personal life and then schedule your business to be working alongside your life. Um, and, and that's what I've found has worked best because I think we, and it, you know, everyone on here could be guilty of this when you schedule, you know, your business and then you just kind of like whatever's left in your schedule to get worked on. That's the amount of time that it's going to be given. So where we have multiple businesses, I have multiple leadership team meetings that I have scheduled with the leaders of the different companies that we have. So I have, you know, a couple of big team meetings where I'm going through the leaders, you know, of the most important metrics on a weekly basis, planning, preparing, problem solving for that week. And then I have my timed block chunks of time when I may be working on our company start virtual. I or when I'm going to be working um, with our, our media company manifest you or when I'm going to be working on reviewing real estate deals or, you know, reviewing deals that we might be buying or reviewing, um, you know, the performance on our portfolio. I have, you know, a standing call with our asset manager every Monday, you know, so it's like you schedule out these things that you need to do. And like, you know, Joel on spirituality, you know, my girlfriend and I, we went to church today at 1045, you know, so we got up, had breakfast, got ready, went to church, went and met up with friends, you know, getting in some of that personal life as well. Um, hung out with friends into the early afternoon, came home, and then we've just been spending the rest of the day together before I get on on here. So I think it's about being intentional with the time that you're spending matters more than like, how do I like achieve maybe even like this work life balance? It's like schedule out all of your personal stuff, and then schedule in the most important things that you need to do in your business. And like David said, investing in yourself because health is wealth. Like, again, we, uh, you know, for me, I focus on really making sure I take care of my health, like drinking, you know, three of these a day is like my target, which isn't necessarily a full gallon of water. And for those that are maybe listening to the recording, it's a 32 ounce flask. So, you know, I'll drink three of those a day. So it's like, it's finding these things that like make it easy for you to uh, get, get into a routine. And Effie said, scheduling has become challenging with a new grandbaby. She has her own schedule and I fit into her needs. So definitely, um, I mean, personally, I don't have kids, so I can't really, you know, speak to that specifically, but, you know, Pace has, um, obviously a few kids, those that have been following him. And so he just, you know, he just does his best to, you know, coordinate and work, work with Laura for them to be able to, you know, integrate their life and making sure their kids are taken care of. Jasper saying, I'm afraid I can't take advantage of the upcoming market because I don't have the correct system set up. Um, here's a spoiler alert for you, Jasper. Um, you can have all of the right systems set up in your real estate investing business within like a week. You don't need like a bunch of crazy complex systems set up. So the good news is you don't need to spend six months setting everything up. Someone else says, oops, daylight savings. Welcome. Hey, 
We're here. So Eddie said, this is a system that I'd love to put into place. Guys, so again, I think making our lives too complicated and like having things too, um, we got to make things simple for ourselves that we can keep, you know, keep things simple for ourselves to follow through on it. And so that's, again, that's just what I found that's been super helpful for me is scheduling out all of those personal things. Like when am I going to work out? When am I going to read? When am I going to uh, do my own personal studying? Um, when am I going to spend time with friends? When are me and my girlfriend going to be able to have, you know, our date night? And then like, when are, when are we going to be able to spend time together? Maybe it's go on walks with our, our pup or like what, whatever that is, like schedule, plan out all the personal stuff and then just work in, work in the business stuff. Obviously, if you have big ambitious business goals, you need to be scheduling a good amount of work stuff, not just like spending half your day just hanging out and doing personal stuff, right? And like Joel said, you know, I still love how he spends a lot of time with his kids, you know, referencing pace. He does spend a lot of time with his kids. Again, he his life is integrated. Like my life is integrated with personal and business. Uh, it doesn't say your name on YouTube, but it says Pansy Sleep saying, I'm glad you're going over this about scheduling. I feel so overwhelmed. We feel overwhelmed when we don't have a plan. We plan to fail if we fail to plan. So just planning, just make, putting a plan in place. Like your plan, guess what, guys, is going to get screwed up. Sometimes I'll have a plan for everything I want to accomplish in a day. Halfway through the day, we have an employee issue. Somebody like caused some big problem with a customer or like some sort of thing. And I have to put out a fire and it throws off my day. So what do you do when that happens? You correct and you continue. You identify this sucks. Okay. I, you know, I have this problem that's currently unfolding that I now need to resolve. It's this, this thing that I wanted to accomplish in this two hour window is not going to be accomplished today. So I'm going to just make a conscious, you know, decision that I'm going to make a note. This is going to have to roll to tomorrow's schedule because I have to solve this problem. Like we don't have to overthink these things. It's just planning, planning ahead. All right. James is saying I'm, I'm setting up profit first. Uh, so, so for those that may be like hearing, like hearing some of this stuff for the, the first time, I'm going to give two book recommendations for everybody. Everybody should read these two books. One is on personal finance. And then the second one is on your business finance, personal finance management, business finance management. First book for personal finance management is by T. Harv Ecker, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. You could find it on Amazon. I don't have any link to give you, but you could just go on Amazon, type in T. Harv, H-A-R-V-E, Ecker, E-C-K-E-R, T. Harv Ecker, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. That's the first one. Everybody should read that book. If you want to be a millionaire, you should be reading that book for personal finance. Business finance. The book that I would recommend getting is the book that James is talking about right here, Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. I am not going to try to spell his last name because it's wild and I can't, I can't spell that off the top of my head. So you're going to have to do with going on Amazon, typing in Profit First, 
and then just type in the name Mike or Michael, and I'm sure it's going to pop up on the on the first page. It's a yellow cover. So personal, uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, Business, Profit First. Those two books can make any single person on here be a multimillionaire. Not meaning like read those books and sit on your couch and eat potato chips and like you're going to become a millionaire, but read the personal finance, you know, uh, the, the, the tactics by T. Harv Eker and Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. You'll set yourself up to manage money like a millionaire does. And if you do what a millionaire does, if you have the same actions, if you, you're going to eventually start to receive similar outcomes. So, you you know, because one of the biggest things that I see um, is as people, you know, they get into business or even personally, they start making, you know, good money. They get this lifestyle creep. And so like however much money they're making, they increase their expenses. They buy a car, then they buy a second car, then they buy a bigger house then they buy like quads and then they buy jet skis and then they're going on vacation every three months. And then they're, you know, uh, buying all these expensive clothes and they're spending $500 every weekend on going out to nice dinners and, they wonder why they went from making five grand a month to 20 grand a month. And now they still have no money because making a bunch of money, being a high income earner, isn't as hard as becoming wealthy, which is by the way that you manage your finances and the way that you manage your money, both personally and then with your business. Super key to be able to grow your wealth is by being a good steward of the money that you're actually earning. All right. Effie's saying prioritize personal time and make work fun to do and love working. Yep. Like I got like some mornings, like I have literally like intentionally planned, like I'll do this like one or two times a week where I won't start working until like 9 30, 10 o'clock so that I can literally get up at six and I can plan, you know, some strategizing around things I want to accomplish that day or like, a, you know, an idea that I've been working on and kind of, you know, uh, brainstorm through an idea. And then so I could read and so I could do other, you know, planning and in thinking and reflecting and like spending time doing that for a few hours in the morning so I could be more strategic with the decisions that I'm making during the day. So I'll do that, you know, once or twice a week because I'm, I'm a big believer in like, if I have to cut down a tree and I'm given an ax, I'm going to spend the first, you know, couple hours sharpening the ax and then I'm going to cut down the tree because I want to be, I want to be sharp of mind so that I can go and attack the day and be as efficient as I can. All right. Let's see what questions we have. So Eddie's saying, trying to start uh, this miracle morning to start the day, but I've never been a morning person. I'm going to keep trying until I do. So I have a really controversial opinion on like this whole morning routine thing. I used to be the person like I, I have multiple notebooks, like literally in a drawer where I used to wake up in the morning, you know, say 530, six o'clock. I would journal right when I woke up. I would meditate, I would read, and I would make this whole like long hour, hour and a half morning routine before I would start doing anything. And what I've found, and this is just for me personally, Eddie, is 
when I wake up, I like, I want to just get right to it, whatever, like my, whatever I'm thinking about most creatively is what I want to take action on in the morning. And what I found is like, I don't need to prime the pump in the morning. Like I don't need to prime myself to be able to get into act action mode. Like maybe doing these, like all these different routines, like the whole entrepreneur world's like, you need to wake up every morning, get in a cold shower. You need to drink your green juice. You need to meditate for five hours. You need to journal for an hour. And then you need to read 12 books and you need to have this whole like crazy freaking routine in the morning. And like, if that works for you and that's what you need to do to prime your day, do that. If that's what you need to do for me, that's not it. Like, I don't, I don't need to do this whole like charade every morning to go through these 17 steps to start my day. Like how I typically start my day. Like I'll have, like I said, those days where I'll get up and I'll have some strategy and planning and brainstorming where I'm actually writing things out like journaling, but I'm strategizing around something that I'm working on for one of our companies typically. But on the other days I wake up, I go downstairs, I start my coffee, I grab my computer and as soon as my coffee's done, I start drinking it. I sit outside for a few minutes I get on my computer and I get to work if, if it's on a non-gym day. I typically go to the gym three days a week during the, the weekdays. So that's that's the that's the routine. It's not like and, and again, like maybe that works for some, but I, I'm pretty happy with my routine and I don't feel like I'm stuck in this like, you know, weird, weird life because I'm not drinking green juice and like meditating for 12 hours every morning like a lot of gurus say that you should do. Let's see. Yeah, Andy's saying lifestyle creep. Just to my 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 previous message, lifestyle creep is a real thing. You start making more and more money. You you have to be watching what you're doing with your finances. Um, T. Harvecker, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, Personal Finances, Profit First. Mike Michalowicz for Business Finances. Thank you, Lisa. I just, uh, you know, popped this up on the screen for those that are watching live here. Uh, those are the two books. Shout out to Kathy. Kathy says, I used to force myself to be active in the morning, but I'm not efficient. I would rather work late. So I just sleep in and schedule my time appropriately. I love this. This is what I do. I don't like working late, so I don't do that, but I do it in the morning because I wake up and my mind is working at its sharpest and I'm super creative and I'm super clear as soon as I wake up every morning. And so for me, this works better for some, it doesn't like our, our marketing director, um, at our company start virtual. I was at his, uh, his son's birthday party yesterday and we were just talking about like our workflows and for him, he likes to work from like 10 p.m. to like 2 a.m. because that's when he his mind gets his most creative juices and energy flowing. So that works for him. So it's just like you got to find out what works for you personally. And Effie says no green juice. I actually do like green juice though. Like green juice is pretty fire. Like it's 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 uh you make the right mix and it's pretty tasty. And it's good for you too. Like I don't want to hate on the green juicers. I'm just like what I just want to really share, guys, is like if you don't drink green juice every day when you first wake up, 
you can still be rich. You could still be wealthy. Like, I just want to put that out there because there's a lot of gurus that are like, if you don't do these things, like you're going to, you're going to fail. Ooh, Alex says, how do you get away from to-do lists that keep growing? Um, so there, I'm going to give another book recommendation for this. It's called Who Not How. I don't know who wrote it. I apologize, but it's just called Who Not How. Uh, great book. But typically, as if your to-do list is continuing to grow, you might need to be able to get some help, whether that's a family member to help you with some things, or maybe you need to hire a virtual assistant to help you with some things, or maybe you need to just reprioritize what your to-do list is and see what things on your to-do list you may need to just to don't that thing and just remove it from your list. Because if it's something that's important you and you're not doing it, you need to find somebody that can help you do it. Or you need to put that thing that you keep putting off is the first thing that you do for the day. Like if you're like, I really need to set up my systems for my real estate business, but I just keep putting it off. Here is your, your sign. This next week, block out and maybe you work during the week and it's too hard. Next Saturday, here's your next Saturday. Your three things on your to-do list that you've been putting off for the last weeks of time and it just keeps growing and like those same things keep showing up schedule it for the first things you do this next Saturday. Like you just have to, you have to find a way to get it done. Peggy says Starbucks, Cody. I love me some Starbucks. I will spend money on Starbucks. But again, I, I'm not a believer in like cut out the coffee. And so you can become a millionaire. Like I'm not a believer in that. Like I make a lot of money. So I buy Starbucks and I don't care. Like I don't care. But if you are in a situation where you're like, think money is more tight. Like you shouldn't be spending money on Starbucks. Like when I was grinding out and I didn't have a lot of money and I had to just grind for every dollar that I was making when I was first starting in business, I wasn't spending money going out to dinners. I made all of my food at home. I wasn't spending money on Starbucks. I made my own coffee at home. Like I did it. Like you have to do that when you're first starting and you don't have a, a big financial backing. Like you shouldn't be spending money on those things if you're in the struggle phase and you're just trying to get things going. Uh, shout out to Christina. She says, shout out to peeps with kiddos. Totally not as easy as people think it is. I don't have kids, so I can't tell you if that's easy or not easy. I assume it's not easy. But what I can tell you is my business partner, Pace Morby, has three kids. And before he was making all this money and had all this real estate that he has today, he was doing the same actions as he was years ago. And that's the reason he is where he is today while he had kids then as well. So it's not an excuse if you have kids because you can look to someone that is already doing it, Pace Morby, and use that as your belief of like, I need to become more resourceful. And you know what he did guys? He would wait. He started waking up at 3:30, 4 in the morning, so he can get three to four hours of work done in the morning before his kids were waking up. Now, I'm not saying that that's what you need to do, but I'm saying is if you really want to change your situation, you want to change your life to be in a go in a different direction. You are the one that can choose to do those things. You can choose to wake up earlier. You could choose to stay up later. And get think get more things accomplished. It's these are choices we all have. So don't use that as an excuse. Again, I don't have kids, 
So don't say, well, Cody doesn't understand because I don't, and I, I get that. But when you have somebody like a Pace Morby there that's doing it, and before you say, well, he has money and all these resources, he did this before he had the money and resources. He was doing that before he had all the money and the resources he has today. The reason he's where he is now is because of what he decided to do when he didn't have them, but he still had the burden. I love this. Joel's trolling on this, but you have to meditate for hours a day or you fail every guru. Yeah, that's oh, it's funny. Shout out to Peggy. She's a night owl. If you're a night owl, like get your work done at night. If you like, to, if you're a morning, you know, early bird in the morning, get your stuff done in the morning. Like that's, that's it. Um, you know, Philip's saying, all right, like what else do we need to do to be prepared for 2023? So look, we'll do another Sunday service. Like as we get a little bit closer, maybe into December where we're talking about some like actual strat, you know, business, you know, your business strategy going into the new year. But really like, the biggest things that are going to separate people going into the new year is, you know, one, the action takers, which if you're an action taker, like you're already going to be well off anyways. Um, but the people that are, that are setting their themselves up financially to win, like they're, they're getting reserves set aside. If you're, if you're somebody and you're like, I don't have, you know, I don't have a ton of extra income maybe from my job to get reserves, sell stuff, like sell things in your house. I don't know. Like, I could just look in the room that I'm in. Like I have an, uh, from an old camera that I used to use, I have a stand sitting in my corner that I don't use and I don't need anymore. I could put that on Craigslist and I could sell that and put cash aside and put that into reserves. I can go into my closet in my room right here, find a bunch of old clothes that I could probably sell for very cheap or, you know, something, right? Like I have a bunch of old random stuff that I could sell and get rid of. I have an old, I have an Xbox sitting in my closet. I could sell that and put money aside. Like we have to, you have to start just getting creative. If you don't have like a lot of extra income, like what are things that I could sell, get rid of and like put cash into my reserves. And then how can I start earning more income? Because if you're in a situation where you don't have a lot of money and you're already working one job, look at other ways where you can earn income. Can you clean houses on the weekends and make extra money? Can you, you know, like Gary V says, can you go to garage sales, buy stuff for cheap, sell it for more? Could you, uh, you know, find a part-time job that you work on the weekends to bring in more money? You can like, these are all different ideas of things that you can do. Can you buy um, some products in bulk online from like China and then list those things and sell them? Like, this is something I did in high school, guys. Like I found a product, these, these power balance bracelets that were selling for like $20, $30 in the US at the time. And when I was 15 years old, I wanted more money, but I was working full-time at McDonald's and I was going to school and I didn't have any more time to be able to make more money. So it might be somebody listening. That's your situation. I found that this was a product that all of my friends, I used to run track and wrestle in high school. My friends like liked these bands and it was like a popular fad at that time. And so I started researching and I found a website or a company out of China that had the overstock of like all of the ones where it was like mismatched, like, uh, you know, they, they didn't have enough of the right sizes or, you know, they had, you know, uh, extra lots of these. So like I was buying these for a dollar a band. It's 
getting them shipped to me. I'd buy a hundred at a time, a hundred bucks at a time. And then I would go sell those for $20 to $25 a band because if someone wanted to buy them retail here. They had to buy them for 30, $40. That's what they're selling retail. So I was selling them for under retail and I was 15. And because I, I didn't have a way to be able to make more money than I was making at McDonald's, it was an hourly rate. And then I was in freaking high school, but you find other ways. And I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying to go buy, you know, buy some bulk stuff from China and then like sell it for more here. Like, sure, you can do that. I'm just saying like, start getting resourceful, finding things, these hustles that you can increase your revenue um, so that you can take more action in your real estate business and set yourself up to have the reserves going into this new year. Like you just have to start making some of these different choices. Brandon says, Cody brought up the best point ever. You got to do what works for you. That's it. Like it, it's the same with like the gym. Like if you're somebody that works out, like, for me, I, I've been an active person that's worked out for my, pretty much my whole life. I've tried a lot of different things. Like I, I do a lot of running. So like I've done marathons and like I enjoy doing that. But like somebody else on here is like, oh my gosh, like doing a marathon sounds like the worst thing ever. I hate running. That's fine. That's not for you. I, I also like doing weights at the gym. But one thing I've tried is I've done CrossFit and I did that for a couple months and I didn't like doing CrossFit. So I stopped doing it. And so I, I do the workouts that work with my personal trainer and then I run and that works for me. Maybe you're on here and you're like, you know, for me, it's swimming. Swimming works good for me. And that's perfect. Like you have to find what's going to work for you that you can stay consistent at for the long term. That's what it's about. All right, let's see. The poor entrepreneur says, I feel like cutting out coffee or whatever your coffee maybe is, is more of a sign of growing discipline. So my opinion on this is like, you can choose like whatever you want your life to be. And for me, I like drinking coffee. I love coffee, so I'm not going to cut it out. My life isn't being negatively affected in a massive way by drinking coffee in the morning. And it's like one of those simple joys that I get out of life. So like, I'm not the type of person that's like, you need to eat a perfect diet and cut out everything and drink only water and only work all day, every day, and don't have any fun with your friends. And don't you dare do any of that. You know, don't spend time with your family. Like, it's I, I'm more about like life integration, like integrating all of the things that I like and creating this routine that works well for me. Like, obviously, like if you're drinking like seven cups of coffee a day, like that's probably not good for you. But like my one cup to two cups that I have, like I'm a I'm gonna keep drinking my coffee. Let's see. Andy says, I do cold calling at 3 a.m. Obviously, Pace wasn't cold calling at 3 a.m., but he was doing other work at that time. Uh, somebody asked about the personal finance book again. T. Harvecker, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. That's the book. Aaron says, I love meditating in the morning and having a clear mind. I love that. I'm happy for you. Keep doing that. Keep doing what works for you. So Eric says, I have tons of data for prospects, but I have no mentor or money. Can somebody help get me started? So 
So here's what I would do for those of you that maybe this is your first time listening in, um, or, or maybe you're just trying to get traction going in your business. What I've found is that most people, um, as they're getting their business going, they really need to establish a community and find people that are like-minded and trying to accomplish similar things. So one of the really great places for that is the Facebook group that um, Pace and I have been building over the last years. So go into Facebook and type in Creative Finance with Pace Morby and join the Facebook group, and then go and introduce yourself. Say, hey, my name's Eric. I uh, I live in this market. I'm trying to do deals in this market. I'm currently in a situation where I don't have a ton of capital to get going, but here's what I do have. I have some hustle. I have this data. I have sweat equity that I'm willing to put in. I'm looking to squat up. I'm looking to find some other people trying to do deals in this market that I could work with. That's what I would do. Ooh, Paul saying Uber, DoorDash. There's, you know, some extra ways to make some money. And, and, and my story where I was talking about like buying those products overseas and like selling them, like that's not like I didn't tell that story to like distract everyone on here and like I need to go and start buying products and reselling them. Like I'm just telling you, like be be resourceful, find find ways that you can make extra money. Like you can go and clean, you know, say you work five days a week. You can go and clean one house on a Saturday and a house on a Sunday, make $300 extra a weekend. You do that four weekends a month, you're set, you know, you have an extra $1,200 a month that you could put aside. Now, am I saying that's fun? No, it's not. Am I saying that that's like the most money in the world to make? No, it's not. But like, that's a simple idea. Like you don't have to get super creative, but if you can bonus points, if you could find ways to make extra money without spending a bunch of extra time, but there's things that you can do. Gwendolyn says, depending on your location, donate plasma. You can net 650 to $975 a month. Like there's all these creative things. Go clean two houses a weekend for four weekends, make an extra $1,200. And Gwendolyn's advice here, go donate plasma and make an extra six, 700 bucks. Make an extra two grand a month doing that. Like that's, that's not like, those aren't like mind blowing concepts to, to take, but it's just, you just have to want to find ways. Cyrie says, love that book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Excellent, excellent. I'm going to take this one really fast um, just because I love car stuff. Um, Steven says, real question, Cody, S-Class versus the 911. Which one? So for those that don't know, I had a Porsche, Porsche for those true Porsche fans. Um, I had a Porsche 911 Turbo S, awesome car, had it for a year, um, sold it had got out of it in a good, good financial spot, had, got a good deal on a S 65 AMG Rentec edition Mercedes. It's a fun car. They're totally two different cars, Steven. Um, the Mercedes is like super luxury, super comfy cruiser to, you know, cruise around with my girlfriend. And if we, you know, when we go out with friends, so it's great. Nine eleven was like a freaking rocket ship to drive. Um, again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the type of person like, if anyone watches my like YouTube stuff around cars, I'm not a car person that I'm like, I'm loyal to a car brand. I just like experiencing ca different cars. Like it's like Skittles to me. It's like, I want to taste all of them. I want to try them all. Like, so I, I just like switching cars 
you know, every six to 12 months. So it's just about the experience, Stephen. So there's just two different experiences. It's like, it's like saying like, do you like this Ford F-150 or do you like this? Like, you know, Ferrari, it's like, well, I like both, but they're different. They accomplish different things. So, um, but I love both of them. The 911, amazing car, probably the most fun car I've ever driven. So that, that one's, um, definitely, definitely recommended. All right. Let's see. And then Sean says, do a wholesale deal, LOL, extra five to 10 grand a month. That's obviously what we're all trying to do here, right? Like we're all trying to do real estate. That's why we're all here and, you know, buy more real estate, hold more real estate, you know, do flips, do Airbnbs, like whatever your target is. Um, but I mainly like the, these little things to make just this extra side money, Sean, that I'm talking about is for people that are maybe they've never done a deal and they're really, you know, fearful around like the, the process behind getting a deal done. So it's just sharing like, Hey, like these are some things that you could start throwing some extra cash aside as you're on your real estate journey. Lance says S class all day. I mean, I love that car. If anybody wants to buy an S 65 AMG, it'll be for sale in the next three months. Or if somebody offered me the right amount of money, I would, I would sell it today. I don't care. I'm not attached to any, any car. Shannon says, what do you recommend for the 2023 real estate market? I'm going to give this one like a fire, fire short response, Shannon. So everything that I spoke about personally, getting your emergency fund set up, once you have your emergency fund, that $500 to $1,000 set aside, then be working towards on the personal side, getting three to six months of your personal finances set aside. Then on, the, on your business, be working on getting two months of operating capital set aside for your business and then you know continue to build from there. But as we go into the 2023 real estate market, what you want to be really studying is creative finance. You want to be spending time studying what Pace is teaching on creative finance. Go on, on his YouTube. He has so many videos teaching this stuff. You want to be able to learn subject to, you need to know seller finance. These are going to be the number one strategies for doing real estate investing in 2023, hands down. Hands down, 100%. So that... Um, that is what you want to be focusing on going into 2023 is how do I become great at underwriting subject to real estate deals, seller finance, real estate deals, and what makes a good deal or a bad deal. Watch Pace's YouTube videos. Watch my YouTube videos. Join the Creative Finance with Pace Morby Facebook group and network with people that are doing these types of deals. That's Those are the deals that you're going to want to be doing in 2023, Shannon, and everybody else. That's where you want to be spending uh, your time. You can still do fix and flips. like Those are still there. You could do Airbnb. like You still have these other opportunities. Um, you're, just the way that you're acquiring deals, creative finance makes a lot of sense going into this market. ALT branches said, would you accept terms on the car? I, I would not. I would not uh, accept terms on the car. 
I am not a I am not a motivated seller. I am a motivated seller for the right amount of money type of seller, <laughs> which is not the one you want to buy from unless you just really want the car. All right. Hugo says, how old are you, Cody Barton? I'm actually curious for those that, that are that are listening live, how old would you guess that I am for those that are listening live? I kind of gave a spoiler because I talked about the years that I was in high school, but I'm just curious. Lisa says 33. I am offended. I think I'm just going to exit out now and just cry. Philip says 34. Even worse. So sad. <laughs> I think working... Christina says 38. Part of me wants to just like kick you out of this for saying that I look like I'm 38. I am upset. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just multiple people saying in my 30s, I need to change something about what I'm doing. Probably all the stress from these last few years. <laughs> oh, God. Then some people that, you know, Peggy saying 22. I've been working with Pace for four years. Like, I didn't start with him when I was 18 years old. Horacio says white people don't age well. Thank you. Everyone's just uh, making me feel really good about myself on here. Thank you so much. <laughs> the camera adds five years. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. I am 28. I am 28. Robert says it's because I don't meditate. Touche. Touche. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm I'm 28, everybody. Pace. Pace is the old man of, of the two of us. <laughs> okay, let me grab one or two more questions, then I'm gonna uh wrap wrap it up. Mark says 19 in YouTube years. Lisa says, I need lotion, more lotion. Fun fact, I have never put lotion on my face in my entire life. Very random. <laughs> oh, I love it. You guys crack me up. This is this is super fun for, for Pace and I, you know, doing this and, you know, Again, the, the whole reason we do Sunday service is we just wish that there was a place to go where we could just listen in on, you know, what people were doing that were having success in the industry that we wanted to have success in. So that, that's why we do this, you know. Pansy says exfoliate and moisturizer. I won't do it. I refuse to do it. I won't ever do it. I hate, I hate putting that. I don't like the texture. I'm a texture person. Those of you out there that are texture people, I'm texture with food. Like if food's a weird texture, don't want to eat it. Don't like the feel of lotion. I don't like it. 
John says coffee does that to you. Gosh dang. <laughs> oh gosh. You guys kill me. All right, give me one one or two more questions and and I'm going to I'm going to wrap it up around personal finance and everything. Water. I think typically about 100 ounces of water a day. Typically about 100 ounces of water a day. So, and I sleep good. I sleep good. I, you know, I get at least eight hours every night. JR Fisher says, Cody, do you invest in vacant raw land? I do not spend, um, I don't invest in it. I don't know that much about it. It's not a niche that we work in. Um, so, Pace and I don't typically talk about things that we don't work in. So that, you know, I, I don't have, uh, I don't have a, a good answer for you on that. As far as like strategy wise, it's just not something we do. Um, a, a project we are going to be doing uh, when it comes to raw land is in the next probably 18 to 24 months. Um, Pace and I are going to be with a, with a partner, our asset manager, Heidi, we're going to be buying some land uh, to build <clears throat> like a, a glamping community. Um, as an investment, that's like kind of a passion project investment that we want to do. So that's going to be when we make our first, you know, real investment in some land to, to do that. All right. Let's grab a couple here. Uh, Paul says, do you pay bad debt? Um, I would say, yeah. So to me, good debts are things like investment real estate where you have somebody else servicing your debt. Bad debt would be like high interest credit cards, um, high interest personal loans, um, auto loans, things like that. I am a person that's in the camp of I, I pay off all my credit cards on a monthly basis. I don't carry balances on any of them. I just use it for the points. And then when it comes to car debt, my primary driver, I have a primary vehicle that I drive on a regular basis and that's paid off in cash. And then my uh, cars, like the more exotic or luxury cars that I have, those I keep uh, uh, debt on those. I'll typically put 30% down when I purchase those types of vehicles and then I'll just service the debt and I'll have usually a lower interest rate on those. So that's, you know, I don't pay those off because I keep them six to 12 months. So I just have a low, uh, low amount of debt on those. And it's not something I really worry about, but then like my long-term vehicle, my daily driver, I, I pay those off in cash. Hopefully that helps. How do you organize your accounts on a personal side to ensure you don't pay for unnecessary expenses and are constantly on top of all expenses? So here's the free way to do this for everybody. My answer is going to be QuickBooks Online, but you have to pay for that to be able to see what's going on with with uh, you know your personal expenses if you use QuickBooks. So let's just say a free way because I don't want to you know tell you guys go down you know go pay for QuickBooks. So um, you can do this. It's very easy. This is what I used to do before I had QuickBooks, and I have you know a bookkeeper that I review this with monthly, and so. You can just get, you know, create an Excel sheet or Google Sheets, go on, you know, Google, make a Gmail account, set up a Google Sheets account, go into uh, your expenses on your bank statements and start dropping every single thing that you spend money on personally into your Excel sheet at, you know, your rent, your mortgage, your utilities, your phone bill, your groceries, your personal training bill, your childcare expenses, like all of your expenses, throw it in an Excel sheet and then look at 
what um, what you have on there, add everything up, see what you're spending, and then look at anything that you can cut out. Are there subscriptions you could remove? Are there you know uh, different recurring things? Are there things that you're you know just just wasting money on that you could look at? Like that that's a really easy way. Just very simple, simple thing to do. Uh, Modell says, would you recommend getting your real estate license if you want to fix and flip? Short answer is no. All right, let's do one more good question. Then we're going to wrap for, for the night. Someone bring someone with something good. Someone bring me something good. What questions should we be asking? Personal finance, business finance, you know, in, in preparation for 2023. Pace and I already plan, guys, in December. We're going to do probably a, a couple weekend series where we really talk about preparing going into, uh, you know, preparing, you know, for your business, like how to actually prep your business going into the new year. This is more like how we set ourselves up personally and business financially to do that. Here, uh, here we go. How do I get out of analysis paralysis? Here's what we do. So this is, I had a mentor that, that, that took me through this exercise. Um, when I was, I think I was probably 19 years old. So Altec FL says, how do I get out of analysis paralysis? So for those of you that have, you know, maybe you have a piece of paper in front of you. Let me, let me just, uh, I don't have Pace's fancy tablet. I'm kind of like a freaking caveman. I don't have, I need to get more technology set up in my office, but I haven't, but it's fine. Just living my best life here. So let's get a piece of paper. This is how you get out of analysis paralysis. And on this piece of paper, draw draw a T kind of chart like that, super, super fancy looking. And then what you're going to do is on one side of this, I'm going to write out a few of these on one side of this. I want everyone to just post some things that, uh, that cause you to not take action. I'll start with a couple, um, anxiety, like right on the left side of your, on your left side of your chart, anxiety is one of those things. Um, Fear of failure is one of those things. What are some of the things like what are some of these negative emotions we feel uh, when we're, you know, scared to take action or we're scared to, uh, you know, we're scared things are going to happen? Like what are these things that what are these emotions that are coming up? Confusion. OK, that's a good one. We have we have doubt. Um, so non-supporting spouse is not an emotion. So I, I, I can't put that on here. Um, so scared to mess up. So just, uh, let's just put scared. Let's put scared. Discomfort. Rejection, fear of rejection. What are these, what are these other negative emotions? No money for the deal. So that basically means uncertainty. The unknown, unfamiliar. 
confusion, right? So, so those are, those are, those are a lot of good ones. So fear of, you know, criticism. So, um, so obviously it's kind of hard to see this cause I don't have like the, the lighting set up for, for this, but I have on, on this side of my paper here, these are all of the feelings that we feel when we're in a state of analysis and a state of we ha we aren't doing the thing that we know that we should be doing this is this is what you do to get out of that i'm going to give you give you guys the the sauce right here this is it right here so for you know if somebody's listening to this on iTunes or you know Spotify later basically i have written on the left side of my paper you know i drew out a t and then on the left side i have all of these negative emotions that we feel you know anxiety fear failure confusion doubt discomfort rejection uncertainty then what you want to do is write one word on the right side of the t and the word is action circle that so what what you what you guys need to realize is that if you take your hand and cover up all of those negative emotions there is only one thing remaining on on the on the paper and it's action and then if you take your hand and you slide it over and you cover up the word action fear confusion anger frustration uncertainty, procrastination, all of those negative emotions, those negative feelings, those negative state of beings sink in. And if we take our hand back and we cover up those negative emotions, all there is left is action. We go back, we cover up action, we have negative emotions. We cover up all of those negative emotions, all there is left is action. So the purpose of this is you have to just take action go and take the next step go and take the next thing that you need to do because you need to put yourself in a position to win and the way you win is by just taking action you take action you screw something up you correct you continue forward that's what you're doing so the way you get out of analysis paralysis is just take the next step that you know you need to take that's it ALT branches says one step at a time. That's that's it. That's what you have to do. It's action. Just take action. And, and you start to figure out along the way. Everything you see me and Pace do in our business, we didn't know what we were doing when we started. We just started taking massive action. And Santano says, when is Pace going to host a Sunday Live? If you think I suck at hosting it, you can just not join it when I'm here. I won't be offended, but that's fine. Um, I just became a multimillionaire in my in my early 20s, so I don't really have any good value to give you. But uh, so you don't have to be here. Um, Pace and I do this together. We have for almost four years, and when he's traveling, I'll typically hop on. If I'm traveling or doing different things, we'll kind of bounce back and forth and then we'll do some together. Just depends on what's going on.
But that's, you know, that's what everyone's saying here, guys. It's taking taking the action. Like, you just have to get yourself into a rhythm of taking consistent action and stop thinking about everything you need to do. Just start taking action, mess some things up, and you'll learn faster along the way doing that as well anyways. Oresu says, Cody, when are you going to the meetups? I'm kind of like, if you got, if anyone's seen the Wizard of Oz, I'm kind of like the guy at the end of the Wizard of Oz, where I'm just like kind of like pulling all these levers behind the scenes. Like, I don't typically get out to the, the, the meetups that often. Occasionally, you'll see me out, but I'm I'm not I'm not out at the at the meetups as frequent. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Love it. Love it, guys. Well, I am going to roll. Hopefully you guys can take the the steps that, you know, I talked about, especially those that are in overall uh, analysis paralysis. Just take action. Just get, you know, the, the one thing, like if it's just you need to call, make your first call to a sell a homeowner tomorrow, make the call. If you just if you need to, you know, go to a meetup and just get out of your comfort zone, go to the meetup, like just take some baby steps, like just doing things to take action, to start building momentum, like mental momentum is what you want to get going. Alrighty, everybody. Well, I am going to roll. I hope everyone has a beautiful rest of your Sunday evening. And I hope everyone has an amazing week. Get out there and take action. I don't want you to take, the, you know, the, everything that, you know, Pace and I talk about in here and just get excited and, and do nothing with it. Take, take some nuggets that, that resonate with you and get out there and take action on those, on those things, guys. So um, with that, hope everyone has an amazing rest of your Sunday. And Effie said, will we see you at the Mastermind? Pace and I do a Mastermind for the Sub2 community. It is next weekend and we will be there. And we will be on Sunday service after we finish the mastermind. So with that, we'll see you guys. Have an amazing week. Love y'all. Peace.